This podcast is offered by San Francisco Zen Center on the web at sfzc.org. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. Well, it's great to be here, I have to say. It's awesome. Um, the, at the ris- risk of sharing too much information, it, it turns out that the most convenient way to, um, to do this from you know, as a non-resident, is to wear this kimono and hakama, and then just, when I get here, throw my robe over the top, and so on and so forth. But I have to say, the thing that it does is it makes it much more difficult to sit down, <laughs> because you have you have it, at least twice as many pleated garments on as you did previously, and that, that's, uh, I'll have to get used to that. But anyway. Um, So, I'm going to give a talk that's that's a little bit prompted by um, a koan, and it's um, it might be case six of the Blue Cliff Record. It's um, it's young men's every day is a good day, and so here's what I thought I'd do to start off. Right, um, I'm going to recite the koan and. While I'm reciting it, it would be great if everyone could just um, sit quietly and feel what happens as I recite it. And the the good news is that it's incredibly short, so you don't have to spend too much time doing that. And then if you want, um, when I'm done, you can... It would be great if you could, if at least a few of you could speak up and give your impressions. And if there are people out in the world on online that raise their Zoom hand, maybe we can do that too. Um, and then we'll move on from there. So, um, so, young men's every day is a good day. Yinmen was addressing the assembly, and he says, um, I'm not talking about before the 15th day. Tell me something about after the 15th day. And as usual with young men, nobody could answer. So he responded for, for, on their behalf, and he said, every day is a good day. So let me say that again. Yun Men says, I'm not talking about before the 15th day. Tell me something about after the 15th day. And then in the end, he answers on their behalf. He says, every day is a good day. And you know, if whatever comes up for you is just, I have no clue what he's talking about, and that's fine too. So any, uh, any responses to that? Any thoughts? Anyone out there, out there in the interwebs? Go ahead. I get the separating of a day out of all the days is like separating a self out of all being. Mm. Very good. Yeah. 
it's um, that you you've uh, you've set up my talk perfectly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who else? I would be happy if we turned it down, or you mean on, on any of them? Yeah. Well, it really makes me think. I've I've had some really bad days uh, in my life, and so it it raises this question for me about what were those days? Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, the um, I think it's safe to say that everyone has bad days, and some people have really, really bad days. <laughs> um, and it makes you it 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 makes you wonder what the hell he's talking about, right? <laughs> and maybe. Wonder about the there. There's the bad days. Some of them are really obvious, and then there's this middle ground where it becomes where it becomes murkier, right? What's going on there, and what do you call it, right? So yeah, absolutely. Anyone else? Well, that's good. Thank you. Mm. So, it's worth noting that when Yunmen says the 15th day, um, I think he's talking about a lunar calendar in which the 15th day is the full moon. And so, if if you think about it that way, then at least conceptually, he might be referring to awakening, right? Um, so maybe he's saying, I'm not talking about before the day you wake up. Tell me something about after the day you wake up. And then afterwards he says, every day is a good day. Or maybe he's not doing that. It's possible that both are both are true, right? Um, it's it's like you said as well. It's like he's saying separating out this one day um, from everything um, has a certain problematic quality, right? I mean, and you know, and. You, you will not be surprised to hear that the reason I decided to give this talk um, at, on this week is that we've just enacted the biggest fifteenth day of the of the whole Western calendar. You know, what is it? Ten days ago, right? So, um, people make a really big deal out of it, and they they do a lot of thinking about before New Year's and after New Year's. Um, I, I, I gave a, I went to, I presided at a memorial service last Saturday, which was 
kind of wonderful. And and afterwards there was a reception and there was a tremendous amount of talk among people who had decided that they were gonna they were gonna, you know, stay sober for the month of January and here and then here they were in this really emotionally charged environment and really felt like they wanted a glass of wine. <laughs> so anyway. Um and the other thing that Yun Men's doing is he's he's setting up a duality, right? He's saying before um the fifteenth day and after the fifteenth day, just like before New Year's and after New Year's, just like as you said, self and other, the, you know, the in the in the recasting of predicate logic that was written by this guy G. Spencer Brown. He says you can construct all of human logic starting with just a distinction. You say the first distinction, which is a distinction between self and uh, self and other, blooms into a whole world. Exactly, right? But um, the, you know, Zen Buddhism in general and Zen in particular are full of dualisms and lists, right? So you've got enlightened and not enlightened. You've got before the fifteenth day and after the fifteenth day. You've got um, big mind and conventional mind. You've got things like the Bodhisattva's four methods or the Eightfold Path, right? You've got um, Buddhas and sentient beings. Mm. And it's worth noting that this is in the context of a Mahayana, the, the Zen distinctions are in the context of a Mahayana Buddhist school where one of the primary axioms of Mahayana Buddhism is that All of those dualities, lists, um, distinctions, categories, and so on, ca- experiential categories, are, um, are empty, right? which means that they're not true. <laughs> right? it, fundamentally, it, from a logical perspective, it means they're not true. Um, which, is, which is sobering, and it, and it would be be more sobering if we didn't um, chant it nearly every day, but it's still sobering. Um, and there's a kind of a dodge that has been invented in the context of Buddhist philosophy and also um, invented in other philosophical schools, in particular, um, a lot of Western philosophy and so on, and I think independently invented, which means that it's pretty useful, right? But the, this whole um, two truths doctrine, which basically says that there's um, there's there's two truths. There's the there's the provisional conventional truth, and then there's the absolute truth, right? And the the in the Buddhist realm, you know the absolute truth is inherently ungraspable. Maybe in some Western philosophical or scientific traditions, the absolute truth is not ungraspable and unknowable. It's just we don't know it yet, 
right? But but in but in any case, it's a mistake to think that um, the that in the at least in well in any really in any version of the two truths doctrine that the the two levels of truth the provisional and the absolute you know the one the one where we think we've got a self and the one you know we think um there might be an eightfold path and so on and and the other right it it's tempting to think that they're both equally true in some way right and while it's true that the notion of a self and the notion of the eightfold path and the Buddha's four methods and the the category of sentient beings and Buddhas. Um, it's while those are useful from the point of view of um, thinking about um, talking about and so on uh, Buddhist philosophy. Um, The, the horrible truth about it with a capital H, capital T, is that, that truth from the point of view of the provisional is not, is not true. <laughs> and, and, you know, how could, how could it be otherwise, right? How could the, how could a human mind, I mean, Dogen says this, but, but it's, it's, it's obvious, right? How could a human mind really grasp the actual truth about the self, the world, the relationship between the self and the world, um, et cetera, right? Um, we're, we, we live in this world where we build a model of the self and a model of the world that are based on incredibly scanty information and and a desire for everything to kind of work out okay for us, right? <laughs> and then we animate them in the world, and um, and they it kind of works okay. But but the but it's it's a it's fundamentally delusion that 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 any of that stuff is true in at all, right? Um, it's just it's just our best effort in the moment, and you know. Good for us, but it's still not true. Hmm. So what was Yunmen doing anyway, as you said? <laughs> um, by pulling out this obviously sketchy and and even obscure duality and pointing at it and saying, hey, talk about something. I don't want to talk about what's on one side of it. Let's talk about the other side of it. Right? Um, a few things he was not saying, right? He was, he was not saying, um, like, it's a good day, at least somewhere in the world all the time, right? <laughs> and he was not saying... Um, every day is a good day if you just look at it right, right? If you, if you think the right thoughts about it, 
or it's a good day because it's better than somebody else's day, right? Um, and, and he was not saying, especially not saying, if you pull in the whole metaphor for awakening thing, he was especially not saying, it's a good day after, you're, after you wake up and it's a bad day you know, previously, right? He was not saying that. So what was he saying? He he's pointing at the practice and the mind that inherently and without the slightest shred of effort goes beyond good day and bad day. And he's doing it in this confusing way where he where he uses the uses good day as a as a marker. Right? Just to just to mess things up um, even more, right? Um And this is called falling into the secondary in order to teach people, basically. That's what, if you read the, the, the commentary on pretty much the whole Blue Cliff record, they use that a lot, right? To, and, and it's a recognition that, one, you know, we don't abide in clarity. Or another way of saying it is, we're never going to be rid of the mind that draws categories, makes lists, um, is dualistic, um, um, has a bad day, has a good day. Um, and, and fundamentally, why would we want to be rid of it, right? It's, it's our... Tremendously useful, richly um, rewarding, and and incredibly complicated gift, and it it's also um, not paradoxically, but at least somewhat annoyingly, the source of all our suffering. <laughs> uh, I mean. How without it, how could you make poetry, right? Without it, how could you um, really do anything? You know, I mean, cheetahs run 80 miles an hour, whales hold their breath for an hour, um, fish don't even need to hold their breath. Birds can fly, so great. But we've got categories, <laughs> and and a few other things. <laughs> um, 
So why would we want to get rid of it, right? Um, the 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 mind and practice he's pointing at um, is what we practice in zazen. And we practice it. It's it, the sense of practice. There is two. It's dual. Right? Yeah. Um, one is we practice it by doing it a lot, right? And second of all, we practice it by actually enacting the 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 opening to this this mind that um, that isn't really all that concerned with categories, right? And that isn't bound up with the with duality at all, really, to speak of. Um, that that simultaneously cohabits with our um, with our everyday cognition and um, wrangling, right? Mm. When when um, when Dogen says, you know, there's no distinction between practice and realization. That's what he's saying, right? He's saying that the, 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 this practice, this thing that we do when we're sitting and that we hopefully do also when we're standing and walking and lying down, you know, and all, hopefully all the rest of the time except when we're in a, you know, utterly dreamless sleep, right? In which case it's not an issue. Um, It's as natural as the day is long, and it also requires this kind of subtle effort, right? Um, and the 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 practice of it is to um, is to recognize and learn that subtle effort. Um, to the and, and and like all right effort, it's the effort that tails out to nothing, and allows um, okay it allows this um, so I'm I, I, have, I took on this project ages ago to write a poem for every case in the Blue Cliff record and it's not going all that well but I did manage to get to this one because it's only case six okay <laughs> and uh, the 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 poem I read for this is um, it's very short. It's actually it's actually a monoku, which means that it's a single line that has the right number of syllables for a haiku in it. So, and it's um, something like generous moon, just a day past full. Oh. Calmly answers all the questions. 
Yeah, generous moon, just a day past full, calmly answers all the questions. That's every day is a good day. It's not that um, it's not that there aren't questions, and it's not that the 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 mind you know if you want if you want conventional conventional mind everyday mind doesn't cook up difficulties galore right but the moon answers all the questions without it's you know i mean experientially the answer just bubbles up right it's okay So, that might be all I had to say. Does anybody have any questions about that? We can probably... I actually have one other thing to say, but I'll say it afterwards. Does, any, does anyone have any questions? Go ahead. I think he'll bring you the mic. But. Uh, you you mentioned that we don't abide in clarity. Yeah. And uh, uh, I haven't been practicing Zen very long. Uh, what is when outside of Zen and in your day to day life? I know you know you can. You can resist uh, dwelling in rationality to a degree, mm-hmm. um, but then you get hooked on not trying not to dwell. Yeah. Um, what's the nature of uh, not being at the mercy of abiding in clarity? Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a that's a hard one. I mean, it's. So I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story about that. So, um, a few years ago, actually maybe more than a few years ago now, I was invited to come down and sit the um, Rohatsu end of year uh, sashin at Tasahara by my incredibly generous teacher Paul Haller. And I went down and I had this marvelous set of experiences. And I was swallowed by a giant fish i um i yeah it was really it was really a, a sort of energetic and marvelous experience right and then and and i would i would say some things became clear right in the you know in this moment right um and then a year later i was invited to do the same thing and i was down there and it was kind of great, and I was enjoying it. And I realized that that um, I was really not liking it very much. Right? And it wasn't because it was difficult. It was because it, it was different, and I had this, I idealized this 
moment, this collection of moments that um, were by that point now a uh, a barrier um, to further practicing. Right? Amazing. How, how does that even how does that even work? I mean, it's the it's the thing that that Suzuki Roshi says is the hard thing about practice. He says everything everything else is kind of straightforward, but um, the hard part is not tangling up your humanity. I'm paraphrasing him. He doesn't actually say this, but not tangling up your your conventional cognition and your humanity with your practice, which which is the thing we do with everything that we care about, right? Um, we we tangle up our preferences, our ideas about success, our um, ideas about you know who's doing it well and who isn't, and all the rest of that sort of thing, right? Um, the the request is is not to struggle with it and not to try and abolish it because that's just like trying to become not a human being, right? Um, the request is to allow this mind that doesn't isn't so concerned with that stuff to rise up and kind of take its natural place in your in your everyday activity, right? And 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 in the end over time it, the attention just moves from place to place without effort or barrier, right? And and you and sometimes there's startling clarity and sometimes it's groping in the dark, right? And both of those are equally practice and fundamentally equally realization. Does that help or yeah, okay. Um, it's a really good question. So. Anyone else? Thanks uh, for your talk, Zach. Hmm. Um, um, I think your answer to the first question sort of helped me, uh, you know, uh, sort of may have answered a little bit of my question too. I, uh, I just have trouble with the uh, words true and false hmm. as, as you use them. Uh, sometimes I think, I mean, if you say none of this is true, then I have to say that's false. <laughs> and if you say all of this is false, I say, well, that's true. <laughs> and so it's, there's this, all this, we're constantly moving back and forth. And uh, so when you brought up the two truths uh, initially, uh, I guess I had a, an immediate uh, reaction when you said it's, it's tempting to hold them equal. Mm. Uh, because Nagarjuna teaches that we should hold them equal, that, that they exist at the same time constantly, that they are, are equal. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't deny uh, 
if I deny this, it's at my own peril, and everything I do makes a difference here. Yeah. Know, in this illusion yeah. of a conditioned reality. So um, if we get caught thinking that this is, this is wrong and, and the other side is um, where we belong, yeah, it, it kind of strikes me that that's how we justify all sorts of horrible things. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I mean, that's, th that's the most pernicious duality is this side is right and this side is right. <laughs> it's, it's so horrible and pretty much all of the worst things that people have done to each other have been in the name of that duality. Right? Because it's so easy when you think you're on the right side to, um, uh, to commit atrocities, basically, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, um, the 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 injunction in Mahayana Buddhism about you know no no eyes, no ears, no nose, no tongue, no body, you know, body et cetera, et cetera, um, no no four noble truths, no eightfold path, no you know no twelvefold chain of causation, et cetera, right? Is is there mostly to act as a as a um, as a pointer to the fact that w that delusions are inexhaustible, right? Basically, um, and and it's not it's not because of some failing because of some human failing it's just that 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 the that the whole truth is is ungraspable invisible and and um yeah and and you know Duggan says the the truth can't be grasped by a um i forget exactly what your word he uses but by the deluded mind right the um and when you find yourself thinking things like this side is this side is the good side and the other side is the bad side, um, it's supposed to, the Heart Sutra is supposed to be a reminder that you're deluding yourself, basically, right? And that you, that you should be relying on something else, right? And that that something else is essentially a continuous practice of staying awake to what's it's to the best you can as best you can recognize it what's happening right now basically um does that help or yeah that's yeah, yeah. thank you yeah anyone else What time is this shindig over anyway? <laughs> okay, well I just then I have time for what um 
for the last thing I was going to do, which is this, right? So, you know, I wrote this, I wrote this poem about the, the uh, generous moon, and, and I thought, yeah, I'll put that with the, um, with the sixth case in the blue glyph record. It fits great, right? And then my project continued to languish, and, it, and sometime later, I, I, I wrote this as a result of a, of a hike on Mount Tam that, in which I did exactly what it says in the poem. So I'll read you the poem, okay? It says, I thought I'd climb the mountain by the last light of day and descend by moonlight, but the moon was shy and took a long time to rise and then played at hiding behind a veil of clouds and bursting forth suddenly, lighting up the path. Mm, such unearthly beauty, so much stumbling along in the dark with my ghostly companions. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the San Francisco Zen Center. Our Dharma talks are offered free of charge, and this is made possible by the donations we receive. Your financial support helps us to continue to offer the Dharma. For more information, please visit sfcc.org and click Giving. May we all fully enjoy the Dharma.